Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Jimmy, this is always the uh, moment where the uh, we can we we make a joke about saying things, but we never really say anything that's too interesting. <laughs> Where, let's, where, where are you on location uh, this week, Rob? Let's start there. And very snowy. And- <laughs> well, as I understand, we were just talking to Amy. Uh, it was like 70 degrees yesterday and 30, 30 degrees in Ohio today. Mm-hmm. The, the temperature has plummeted, apparently. It has. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been a crazy winter weather-wise here on the North Coast. So a lot of up and down. Yeah, that whole climate thing, you know? Right. I, what's that? It's hard to figure out. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it's pa- weather patterns seem to be inconsistent. Uh, but what do I know? Yeah, I, um, people talk about, every time I mention climate change in my, uh, commentary. I, I have to be very careful because it's a it's a sensitive topic, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. And there, so I just kind of say, you know, um, whether you believe it or not, whether whether you believe in it or not, you know, the, if the insurance companies believe in it and the companies buying servicing believe in it, and you know, investors believe in it, then you know, that's the deal. I happen to be, I'll give you a hint where I am. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and Jimmy, don't worry. We'll get to you in a minute. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so where I am is a, uh, was in some Johnny Cash lyrics. Okay. I know ring, I of, shot, fire. I know ring of fire after that bad. Uh, yeah. It fall, your, your Johnny Cash lyric knowledge falls off dramatically after that. Just the chorus of Ring of Fire. That's all I got. Jeez. So I shot a man in Omaha. <laughs> Quinsburg. <laughs> no. Folsom City Blues, Rich. I Folsom shot City. a man in Reno. Just a Reno. Oh, man. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Johnny Cash made that, uh, sang those lyrics. And so when I tell people, yeah, I'm in Northern California living in Reno, they say, oh, Reno. Yeah, have you shot a man yet just to watch him die? And I usually say no, which yeah. is the truth. But uh, yeah, we talk about climate. We're getting uh, we're getting a fair amount of snow, as you can you can see, which is unusual. But anyway, that house in the background it's very picturesque. Is that yours? That's like Swiss Family Robinson. That's like uh, that's like that's Holiday. my that's my uh, that's my manservants. That's how that's the that's the servant home. Is that your speaking of speaking of which speaking of which and Jimmy will get you here right now. So the first I got to tell this little story about the uh, the first time I saw Jimmy was at a was at a conference and there was a, a group of people. You know how like if somebody's break dancing, you know there's a circle of people around the the person break dancing and they're all like ooing and eyeing and watching. So <clears throat> I walked into a like a like the opening reception or something. And there was Jimmy surrounded by a group of people and they were all looking at his fancy shoes. Okay. Cause Jimmy is, is 
renowned for having really, really nice shoes. And there were a group of people standing around and I asked the person next to me, I said, who is that over there? And he said, oh, that's Jimmy McGirt with National MI. And they're all looking at his shoes. So is that true, Jimmy, that you uh, have a, you know, that you like to sport a, uh, a nice collection of footwear? <laughs> I don't know how true that is, Rob, but I, I, I like to look nice, especially around people like yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Actually, Rich, we were talking before uh, before you came on, and, and and when National MI was just getting started, um, I they they Pete I think asked me to come over and speak to the group, and it was you know folding chairs and folding tables in the National MI lunchroom. That's how small the company was back then, and I think uh, you know I talked about what the industry was doing and how important it was to have another. MI company out there and so on. So that's been uh, when. Did, so when did National MI? What year was that, Jimmy? That National MI. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So it's ten been year anniversary. Years. Ten year anniversary. Yep. Yeah, just yep. recently. So, wow. which is awesome because I, I've made this claim before. I may have been the first National MI uh, lender application ever. Uh, my good friend uh, Sue Schaefer, uh, you know, was took a new job and and uh, and now here we are, ten years later. And you guys have done a lot of great things for the industry. This is, by the way, this is Jimmy McGurk, the VP National Accounts for National MI, who we are lucky to have on the show this week. And Jimmy, I'll, before I get into the NMI stuff, I, I in the just the the show promo run up, I got at least three or four notes from people asking how you're not on my top twenty five best names in the mortgage industry list. <laughs> I gotta I gotta have my people look into that. Should, I, should I start lobbying for that? For that? <laughs> there are people that lobby. That list. That. Yeah, Bobby Nagme, he's all over me because he went down from like sixteen to eighteen, and he just doesn't he he want he doesn't understand it. He you know he feels like his name has gotten more viable. So uh, it's become quite competitive. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a tough, it's tough to get on that list, Rich. I think, I think, uh, uh, some people pay to be on that list. Is that, is that true? <laughs> it's no, it's not like the, uh, oh, Hey, if you want to be like the industry pioneer, you know, uh, for 2023, just pay your $30,000 F fee and you're, you're going to get awarded. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Support, support TMC. Yeah. I'll tell you the Jimmy, the, uh, I'm on their expense account. You can see the kind of meals that uh, I can, you know, the McDonald's happy meal I went with today. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's the level we're at here. So do what you can to support TMC. Love it. Let's go ahead and get into it. And uh, this is the rundown with Robin Rich. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative. Uh, as always, join my esteemed colleague and co-host uh, this, this week in a, a picturesque snowy setting, Rob Chrisman. Rob, great to see you. Good to see you too. I see that you use the uh, uh, saffron infused conditioner today, Rich, in the sh- uh, the shower. It's looking looking good. Thank you. I yeah worked on it for several hours uh, before the show. So yeah. I, so uh, and this week, very pleased uh, to have a special co-host, the VP National Accounts for National MI, Jimmy McGurk. Jimmy, good to see you. Looking forward to the conversation today. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And as noted, NMI recently, 10-year anniversary, long-term partnership with TMC, one of the companies that does a lot of great philanthropic philanthropic things in, in the industry, is doing a lot of cool, new, innovative stuff, and a great partner. And uh, really excited to get your spin on the industry and, and all the really relevant news stories we're about to go through this week. So, But uh, thank you, Jimmy, for your partnership and for joining us this week. Rob, your, your hands up. Did you say... Philosophic or philanthropic? 
Philanthropic. Philanthropic. Okay. I didn't know if they were going down, you know, Plato or Homer or, you know, philosophical. And, and one other question, Jimmy, do you call yourselves like when you're, when you're talking to one another, coworkers, NMI or national MI? I'd say it goes both ways, but typically NMI. NMI. Okay. Good to know. Love it. Thank you. Um, so Jimmy, looking forward to getting into the conversation. It's funny, you know, we have you on the show this week. It's been planned for a while and we get the FHA insurance, (laughs) (laughs) you know, not, not maybe a friend of the MI companies, but you know, uh, I, I don't know. I got to mention it because it's huge news, but I figured I'd just lead with it and laugh about it and see if you have any thoughts on it. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Um, actually give Rob a plug. He had it in his, uh, in his write-up the other day, but the, um, our trade group USMI spokesperson came out and made some comments about the new, you know, the new rates and stuff. And it's funny because he didn't really say anything negative about lowering the rates other than, you know, as, as an advocate for our industry, we're putting private capital over taxpayer dollars. So, you know, when we look at it, um, you know, it's a good thing for the industry. Uh, hopefully more borrowers can afford homes, you know, put, put borrowers in that position to buy a home. But I don't really see it taking from the PMI space necessarily. They they kind of play in a different credit box than we do. I mean, I'm sure there's some overlap. Um, but again, our industry is always promoting the private capital angle versus the taxpayer dollar stuff. So um, it'd be interesting to see where it goes. You know, I, I haven't gotten any projections from our numbers people as to you know where they think it'll affect us. You know, NMI are probably experienced the last couple of years as we've kind of played in the higher quality borrower space focused on the higher FICO scores, um, uh, lower, not lower LTVs, but, you know, 85 to 95 LTVs. So it'll be interesting to see with these, uh, with this production rates, where that business grows for FHA. Awesome. It's, I think, I think Rich to, to echo Jimmy's point, it, it's, it, it once again shows us the ripple effect of, of a change that one group makes and how it may impact other companies or other segments of the industry. You know, somebody makes, you know, Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, they adjust their pricing. And so the non-QM industry, for example, takes notice or the loan amounts, loan limits go up. And so the jumbo investors take notice and it's all, uh, you know, representative of this ecosystem that it's important. And I don't know, I'm not privy to how much, you know, HUD might talk to FHFA, might talk to jumbo investors about changes that that are being made, but yeah, I mean, different companies and different segments play in different spaces as Jimmy points out. And I think it's important for people on the call to, to take note of that. Very well said. And we've been hearing anecdotally just because of some of the lower MI premiums uh, that we're seeing right now that, you know, the side-by-sides, the comparisons of 5% down deals, MIs winning a lot, if not most, if not many, especially on the higher credit end, right? And that's surprisingly with premiums lower. Um, so we'll see how that all plays out this year as we get into it. So, Rob, a lot of stuff in the news this week. The aforementioned FHA MIP reduction. Uh, we got a pretty uh, toasty inflation number this morning. The PCE index, the Fed's preferred gauge of inflation that uh, came out up 0.6% month over month was definitely hotter than people were expecting. Uh, also got a really smoking hot new home sales number for January. You know, this is really 
building on what we've been talking about and seeing with the builder community these last few months, some of the builder confidence in indices, builder stock prices. And now we're seeing in January, new home sales were up 7.4% amidst expectations for basically flat. So it's a big miss to the upside. So I throw all that at you as I always do to get your reaction. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, Rich is good at asking 10 questions in, in one paragraph. But, uh, you know, I always uh, putting on my, my secondary market hat here a little bit. I always hearken back to when something misses expectations, either to the upside or the downside. I always wondered, okay, is that indicative of the number? or indicative of the people setting the expectations and making the forecasts, and they were the ones who screwed up. Anyway, that aside, yeah, the, the U.S. economy continues to chug along. Uh, the, the, the inflation numbers, despite the Fed, uh, the, the Fed's moves in, in the last several months continue to be, you know, it's solid. And the I mentioned it this morning in this this morning's commentary today's commentary, you know they were the uh, economists have talked about a soft landing or a a hard landing as we come out of this and now this this talk of no landing comes out of it is is the U.S. economy potentially just going to cruise along at you know inflation of five or six or seven percent almost regardless of what the Fed does in which case. You know, is there a kind of a new way to think about things? But uh, the fact is, the U.S. economy is doing okay. Anybody hoping for three percent thirty-year fixed-rate mortgages continues to be sadly disappointed. And we could we could chop around at these levels for quite some time. So, uh, you know, it's a it's an interesting thing. You know, from the beginning, everybody knows the U.S. economy. The analogy that we've used, Jimmy, is it's like an aircraft carrier trying to turn an aircraft carrier. It's not a PT boat. And so the actions that the Federal Reserve makes through the Federal Open Market Committee uh, take months and months to, to really get you know infused into the economy. And we're seeing that now. You know, we've been raising rates and overnight Fed funds or whatever, I don't know, four, four percent, five percent, wherever they are now, but it's a uh it's an interesting situation where the U.S. economy continues to be strong. And on top of the numbers this morning, Rich, when you look at the savings rate, the savings rate actually picked up. And the underwriters that I've spoken to in recent months talk about the increase in credit card debt that they're seeing with borrowers out there. It looks like credit card debt is going up. But here we saw the savings rate pick up a little bit. So maybe the U.S. consumer is not eating into their savings as much as one might think, or using credit cards as much as one might think. But, um, you know, we continue to chug along. And so rates are rates are where they are and uh, don't appear to be coming down anytime in the near future. But I think over time, they'll probably drop somewhat. I wanted to ask Jimmy, though, um, Jimmy, I mean, you have clients all over, I guess, the central part of the United States, correct? What, what, what area do you, do you actually cover? Yeah, so I have I work for our national accounts group, and we have accounts all over the country. So probably most of the accounts within the top one hundred and fifty uh, okay. are to our team. So you know, it's not really geographic; it's by relationship. Some of it's geographic, but by relationship. But yeah, so you know, all the top accounts, you know, Wells, Chase, uh, Fairway, all of those. Right. Um, so, are you seeing among your clients then? 
any kind of general trends in terms of uh, the quality of loans or the amount of debt that, that the borrowers are, are seeing? Or, I mean, what is your, if somebody asked you for a one paragraph description of what the typical borrower is like now, say, versus a year ago or two years ago, what would you tell them? Yeah. So, it, you know, at least from our conversations with our operations uh, team going about from the loans that we actually look at, um, the quality still seems to be high. Like we're not seeing the credit box being pushed yet. So uh, the quality is still good. Uh, like I said, we have a mix of customers that send their stuff delegated, which means we give them the authority to approve the mortgage insurance on our behalf. And then we have probably half that that send loans either through contract underwriting or through what we call non-delegated. But we're not seeing um, any decrease in the quality so far. So, um, Poor logic puts out this week. Only 3% of all mortgages in the U.S., more than 30 days delinquent. It's down half a percent from a year ago. It's amongst the lowest levels in history. So, uh, Jimmy, that, that seems to match up with what you're seeing from, from your clients, which are a lot of, yep. lot of big mortgage lenders across America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's funny, Rich. I mean, you, I, I love to make fun of statistics. And so if we went, say, from 3%, up to 3.3% because, you know, here we are at historic lows. lows. (laughs) Right. It's like, Oh, delinquencies shoot up 10%, you know, skyrocket up 10%. And they, they move from an all time low to just a little above an all time low. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. The uh, uh, you know, all the trillions of dollars of mortgage debt that's out there is very, very low delinquencies, foreclosures. I think forbearance, is continues to remember remember forbearance when, when all we were talking about a couple of years ago was forbearance. Now it's like you know less than less than one percent. I mean it's minuscule, and the the credit quality of the borrowers that are out there um, that have loans and the and the uh, loan to values with the increase in property values. I mean we're we're in very good shape. It's hard to really poke find fault with what's going on now in terms of lending and the, the trillions of dollars of outstanding mortgages that are out there. Very healthy. That said, that said, I need to ask Jimmy something uh, without mentioning names, Jimmy. So every once in a while, I will see a headline that uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have uh, increased their uh, uh, buybacks. They've, 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 uh, you know, they're, they're going back to lenders and saying, buy back this, buy back that. Is that something that, that you get involved in as a NMI, uh, see much of, or are you aware of what's going on with Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac in that area? Yeah, uh, we do, because typically if there's a buyback and it has mortgage insurance, the lender will notify us that if it's something that's going to affect the insurance or if we were involved uh, in the loan through contract <laughs> underwriting. So, you know, again, it's only limited to loans with mortgage insurance, um, but we do get notified when that's going on. Have you seen an increase? Again, I'm, I'm not aware of anything significant, um, but what I, and this is anecdotal because I don't deal with that on a day-to-day basis. It seems to come in waves, like you'll it'll be quiet for a while. And then it's almost as if the GSEs got everything together and then pushed it back at the same time. Um, but I haven't noticed, I haven't been, I'm not aware of a significant increase uh, in, in buybacks, but we have gone through periods where a group of them seem to come in at once. So it seems like the, the lenders were notified all at the same time that, hey, we finished our audits and here's what we found. And then they communicate down to us. Yeah. Have, have you seen 
uh, kind of related to that. Have you seen a uh, an increase in, or are you more worried about your typical worried is, is I don't know where I'm going with this. Exa- I, I know where I want to end up, but I don't know how to get there. So their counterparty risk is a big issue right now. Companies had had spectacular 2020s, 2021s. Everyone got used to the margins and the volumes and everything, and they knew it was going to end, but they didn't know how fast it was going to end and so forth. And so a lot of companies in 2022 really, for lack of a better term, took it on the chin in terms of profits. Some A lot of companies went out of business. They're continuing to consolidate. They're continuing to wonder if they want to be lenders and, you know, mergers and acquisitions continue on. The latest example being uh, Mutual of Omaha buying Keller Williams mortgage. So my question to you is with counterparty risk and looking at, you know, the, the lenders that you are dealing with, obviously national accounts, you're dealing with very strong counterparties, but NMI's, you know, lower tier of of lenders that you're, you're working with, are you seeing the financial strains continue or do you think, you think things are under control now? No, I mean, so for us, um, that would, I would say is under control for now. Uh, even, even the smaller lenders seem to the ones that we're working with still seem to be financially viable. We haven't had any worries as far as, uh, companies going out of business. You know, what I think is going to be interesting over this next year is the, uh, acquisitions and mergers, like you mentioned, the mutual of Omaha thing, and and see where that goes. You you hope, or it should be, that the stronger financial companies are acquiring the weaker ones, so that bodes well for for all of us in the industry. But we haven't seen any any degradation in the the customers that we're currently dealing with, even at even on the smaller level. Yeah, you don't want you. The analogy that I use is two drunks leaning against one another in an alley. You don't want you know some kind of merger where you know the, the two drunks leaning against one another scenario, you want a strong counterparty and you want the obviously the efficiencies to increase and and gee, we don't need two capital markets departments and we don't need two sets of underwriters and we don't need two sets of doctors and funders and we can be a healthier organization when we merge. Have you does does NMI get involved in uh, Mergers, for example, do you know about? Do, do parties contact you and say, "Hey, we're thinking about this confidentially," or do we have your blessing? Are you involved at all in the decision making that goes on? Not until it uh, becomes public. We're typically not brought in prior to anything that's not, you know doesn't come out in any of the uh, publications that we all read. So, uh, for instance, like one of the accounts we're working with now is uh, TD Bank and First Horizon. So. Like when that was going on, we weren't notified until it became public and they let us know, hey, here's where we are in the, in the process. Um, typically what they'll do, if, they, if it becomes a new entity, you know, they'll get a new master policy under that entity or it'll move under to the acquiring entity is. So when you are in, oh, go ahead. Oh, oh, hi, Rap, no. I was going to ask Jimmy. So when you are dealing with a lot, you know, Wells, a city, a chase, a fairway, a, a, a you know, guild, uh, you know, United Wholesale or, or whatever. I don't know if you guys are seeing the snow. Um, what w- the typical conversation that you might have with them as the NMI rep uh, for national accounts, what is, what are the current topics that are being discussed at that level? Oh, well, you can imagine just, you know, most of them are looking at, 
you know, cost reduction, just with the drop in volume, you saw the Wells announcement, you know, their, their strategy shift from, you know, what they were a couple of years ago to, you know, focusing on the bank footprint. And then I guess they're going to be like correspondence going away and, and servicing. So um, this year, more than ever, it's a, it's a conversation about what their strategy is to stay lean and um, have the appropriate expenses tied to the volume that they're currently producing. So that that's a big topic. Yeah. Good. I'm sorry, Rich, what were you going to ask? No, I was just going to say the, the Keller mortgage getting acquired this week was interesting to me because I think it officially represents the end of like the real estate owned mortgage company. I mean, you think about it, it's on some level, it seems crazy that these realtors can't have effective in-house mortgage companies. They all tried to do it like six or seven years ago. Keller started their in-house Keller. Uh, Remax decided to do like the model mortgage. Everybody's going to be an individual broker thing. Um, Berkshire Hathaway, I think, had three mortgage companies that kind of fed into the parent company that now is down to one. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Redfin, I see in the chat, Redfin. Bay um, Equity. Bay Equity, that is an acquisition that happened about a year ago that, uh, you know, I know is is coming together. So, but it's, it's interesting to me. And I think, it, you know, just having presided over a lot of marketing services agreements with realtors, it like realtor broker owners don't make as much money as you think they do. And they need that mortgage referral income, you know, and I think it just inherently, you know, it, it makes it tough to have your own mortgage company. Jimmy, Rob, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll chime in. Uh, Jimmy, you can join in. You know, when, when uh, so I'm pretty close to the, the guys at, at Bay Equity and, uh, and Redfin, and they just came out with their announcement. I remember when Redfin bought Bay Equity and the guys at Bay Equity were like, Yahoo! You know, they were screaming and yelling and shouting from the rooftop, you know. And I'm thinking, you lucky, you lucky sons of guns, uh, uh, you know, out there, you know, shouting from the rooftops about, about this deal. And Redfin just posted their earnings, I don't know, within the last week or so. And they lost a lot of money and Bay Equity lost a lot of money. So Bay Equity was not immune to the the downturn in the industry. And one of know, the you can most timed sales ever. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, the, the, the boys at Bay Equity are probably watching this show from a, uh, a boat uh, anchored in the San Francisco Posting Bay. Right campaign, now. right. <clears throat> Right. Caviar dreams. Uh, so it's a it's an interesting the whole M&A thing. And I talk about it actually in tomorrow's commentary with the whole mergers and acquisitions. Uh, you know, there's there's a knack to it. And I know that Guild, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just throw their name out there. Guild is uh, is is acquiring companies. American Pacific is acquiring companies and there are different ways to go about it. You can actually acquire the company, or you can subtly just hire all their producers, <laughs> and then you don't. Then you're not assuming the uh, the op staff or the liabilities of the of the you know of the company, and that's you know that's one way to go about it. Uh, and there's a lot going on that don't that uh, doesn't get in the headlines, you know, in terms of mergers and acquisitions and little companies that are you know transitioning uh, producers to other companies and so forth and so on. But I would think. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to flip this over to you, Jimmy, in terms of the, the M and a environment and, you know, obviously the number of companies that, uh, the number of lenders are going down. Certainly the number of originators are going down. I've heard some, some horrific, uh, originator statistics, like only 50% of 
uh, NMLS licenses are, are being renewed. Um, are you seeing anything that's, you know, that's not, um, that's, that's not public. I shouldn't say, shouldn't say not public, but in your opinion, do you think M&A, for example, will continue in 2023 and, and, or, or, or you see it petering out here a little bit? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I, I would think it would continue. That's just my, my opinion. Um, I think it would continue through where, where companies can be opportunistic. I think they will. Um, you know, like I said, a, a lot of the conversations that we have with our lenders right now or what lenders share with us is just their concern over their their overhead. And, you know, you staff up for the last couple of years when volume was a lot more than it is today. And now you're trying to figure out, well, do I do I reduce down to what the volume is or do I go down to um, a, a capacity that meets what I think it's going to be? So. But, you know, the way our industry is historically, it's like everybody cuts and then next thing you know, rates drop and production kicks up and they're running around scrambling, trying to hire people again. So um, a, a lot of them, I think now are looking for technology. Like, how do I find technology to to replace what used to be a manual process? You know, what's out there? What platforms? Um, so I think that's a big, a big opportunity or a big focus for our customers in 2023 is, you know, are there opportunities out there to acquire where it makes sense? You know, like you mentioned Guild. Guild's a customer of ours. Um, and then how do I replace uh, things that used to be done in a manual process with technology to replace that? This is The Rundown with Robin Rich. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined as always by Rob Crisman and this week, National MI's Vice President of National Accounts, Jimmy McGurk. Jimmy, great analysis there. And, you know, I think it's, I remember the 1718 winner was brutal and you know 1718 you mean like between 1717 and 1719 17 yeah 2017 oh 27 all right it's not not 19 17 18 rob i i know that you're we're big in that era but uh we're talking about 2017 and i just remember like it was brutal and i remember that you know a lot of lenders just confidentially to me were like you know had like the towel in the corner, like ready to, you know, and then we got a great lift in the spring of 18. And, you know, like the, this year, just talking to lenders every day, it was like, we had this optimistic start to the year rates fell in January. We got that combination of like positive inflation data yet still positive labor and spending data. And then we've kind of had a little reversal in February, most notably on the inflationary side and it's kind of reversed things and you know i just know for a lot of lenders that were you know optimistic a month ago it, it's now it's it's a little bit a little bit tougher of a situation that could potentially inspire you know more more activity so I, i'm gonna ask uh sorry rich was that a question or a statement no, no just no, yeah. just 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 uh, rambling <laughs> on so jimmy you know nmi is there anything new under the sun when, when you're talking to the national accounts or even the smaller accounts, you know, going back to what I asked you earlier about what, what is the conversation that you're dealing with? And you talked about how they're saving money and how they have a plan to go forward from, from a mortgage insurance perspective. Uh, I've, I've heard, you know, I've, I've heard that there are other mortgage insurance companies out there, but you know, what do I know? Uh NMI, what what do you what do you, what do you guys have new? What uh, anything anything you can share 
uh, with the audience? Yeah, well, a, a program that's it's what's old is new again is uh, temporary buy downs are becoming popular. I had a conversation with a lender the other day that's doing a significant amount of those um, just to help get loans in the door. Um, you know, with risk-based pricing, I, you know, I don't know how aware you are of the evolution of the mortgage insurance industry with risk-based pricing, but I was talking to our numbers guy the other day and 84% of our business now comes in through risk-based pricing versus uh, rate cards. So we still have some wow. out there that prefer the rate card, whether it's a technology limitation or a compliance concern. But um, so really what you're seeing is, is, like I said, with technology, these platforms are becoming very efficient at best Xing the MI space. And so what we're seeing is the evolution. And a lot of this was accelerated through COVID that lenders with, you know, Empower or Encompass platforms, you know, they're able to best X their MI and get the best possible rate for their borrower. So, um, you know, there's still the traditional, we're, you know, we're seeing right now too, a big, a big move to with production down is people are retooling themselves and using our uh, underwriter, I mean, our, um, our training uh, options, you know, a lot of that's online now. So you go online, you can take these different classes, whether it's uh, sales skills or traditional underwriting, um, self-employed borrower type thing. So we're seeing a lot of that. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, the best, the, the movement towards risk-based pricing and best ex execution is huge in our, in our industry right now. It's interesting. You mentioned companies retooling. Or, or you know, the, the the industry retooling. Yeah, I, I see a fair amount of that. People people recommend that I do that. Uh, I don't know how I would, but uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Are there still physical? I remember the the actual rate cards, Jimmy, back from my my earlier days. Do those, do those still exist? Can you get a physical? No. Like, <laughs> and every now and then, you walk into an office and you see it on a loan yeah. officer's like you know bulletin board. Something like. I don't know where they get much like a collector's item or something. It's like collecting baseball cards. Right, like my new Barry Bonds gem <laughs> atomic refractor. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking maybe like a Jimmy McGurk signed rate card. Oh, yeah. Like absolutely nothing. Uh, 98, <laughs> if in good condition, could be worth something on the secondary market now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, we divert as usual, but uh digress. Uh, not not only divert, but digress. Uh yeah, I you know, Jimmy, I don't know how I, I'm pretty you watch the show every week. Yeah, Rich Rich has like you know cards in front of in front of his laptop there that he you know pulls pulls up periodically to <laughs> very good to flash. Yeah, very good for my mental health. The uh the the men on cardboard that uh I collect, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what I wanted to get into, though, you know, the, it, it, with the last portion of this show is, is just what I've been hearing from mortgage lenders, you know, across America. And it's like they're trying to make sense of what this year is going to be. And, you know, it, it's the hotter than expected. The, the hot inflation numbers are kind of suppressing the mortgage industry right now. Um, and, and, you know, wanted to because I think this is what's on the mind of like Joe, more lo you know, loan originator in this type of climate with these types of rates, it's very difficult, even for the best, um, a slightly healthier climate combined with some of the positive things in the undertone could really kind of take off, but it just feels like we're going to need a little help interest rate or wise this year for the year to be what most expected would be. So I bring this all full circle this morning, we get a little hotter than expected inflation number. And 
is it i know we've talked about this before rob and would welcome jimmy's thoughts on this too is it i, I think the is the is the way i think the way the fed is calculating employment just based on all the different ways to make money now in america I just think it's off. Most of these job indices focus on full-time work or employers that formally report employment. I My sense is that there's more of the other going on right now. And that labor, even in its very healthy state with very low unemployment, is actually unreported. And the labor situation and earnings that people actually earn is more robust than what the Fed thinks. And that is why spending keeps elevating and, and not abating is Rob any, I know I keep going on this and you're, I want to get, I want to get here. Jimmy's Jimmy's input. Mm, Jimmy, your thoughts on this. I've. Well, I definitely think the industry is waiting for some kind of push. Like I don't know enough about the, uh, the basics of the numbers to say, yes, you know, that's actually better than it is or whatever, but it feels like, no one wants to originate or even the, the, the borrower, the consumer doesn't want to go in and get a mortgage at these rates when they feel like, oh, in three months or six months, it's going to drop back down again. So it feels like we're in a holding pattern waiting for something, whether it's a report or some kind of news that comes out that allows the rates to drop down. Because it just feels like for the last several months and in the first quarter of this year so far, everybody's waiting for some news to hit. And, no, and so we're kind of like in this holding pattern. Is it all inflation news, Rob? If you're a Joe Mortgage Originator out there and you are very interested in the future direction of interest rates, is it as simple as just tracking inflation because of its importance right now and everything going on? No. So <clears throat> you're going you're gonna to fire me up here, Rich. So by the way, I need I, I need to interject. You, did, you didn't ask about the code. I do like your code. Yeah. The, before uh, before we start losing, you know, viewers, <laughs> this this coat is from when when men were men. This was my dad's coat, and he used to, when he was in the Navy, part of his one of his duties was running a uh, a fleet tug from Honolulu, Pearl Harbor, up to the Aleutians and back, doing this doing that route. And this was his coat in the 1950s that he would wear. Like I say, when men were men. And so he was out there. You mentioned rate cards hearkening back to a previous era. And up in my mind, I thought, well, here's a previous era. Also, every once in a while, I will I will see somebody with a gold book, a Fannie Mae gold book. Remember those? When you when you look at what originators, when I talk to originators, talk about hearkening back to another era, they aren't so concerned about rates. They are, and this is something I tell audiences. They, they are not being paid by borrowers to predict interest rates. I have never once talked to a loan officer or a broker who, when a potential borrower comes through the door, says, you know what, Rich, you know, I think rates are going to go down in four months. So why don't you come back in four months and, and then I'll help you then. They are there to take advantage to take advantage of the of the environment, but also take advantage of the opportunities in terms of the programs and the products, and you know the NMI, uh, the the mortgage insurance possibilities and so forth. They are there to structure deals for borrowers, regardless of interest rates. So, I think it's important for originators to know why rates are doing what they're doing, 
But then they quickly go back to trying to help bars and figure out the programs and down payment assistance programs and so forth and, and mortgage insurance options that they can give these borrowers, like I said, regardless of interest rates. Jimmy, you mentioned buy downs earlier. One of the other news stories, it wasn't in our show notes because it just came out today, but it was the um, it was the John Burns Real Estate Consulting Group that does a big survey of builders annually. And 75% of builders offering buy-down programs that, you know, are non-traditional. I thought that was interesting, you know. So I think it, it seems like it's setting up for, you know, given the land, labor, lumber, still headwinds that exist, some pretty robust new construction activity, especially as compared to recently, these, these next several months. So is that anything... You're hearing and seeing. You have any of the builder owned as uh, as clients of yours? Yeah, we do. We do deal with um, several of the builder owned mortgage companies out there. Um, they obviously are in a little different spot than the traditional mortgage company. Um, you know, very optimistic about their opportunities for this year. Um, production will not drop as much as the traditional mortgage company. You know, there's obviously still um, a lot of demand out there and little supply. So they're trying, like you said, with different uh, with different supply issues, things like that, trying to overcome those to to provide homes. But um, they're in a little different spot than the traditional mortgage company. We'll once again have Jerry Howard, the president of the National Association of Home Builders, at our conference, which is amazingly just a little over a week away. So always. Uh, eager to hear Jerry's thoughts on what's going on. He he doesn't hold anything back and and gives you his un, unfiltered opinion. So that uh, is always uh, entertaining. Rob, a lot of Top Gun comments in the chat and the Q and A about your coat. So the so the so so let's <clears throat> getting 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 back to the interest rate environment, Rich. Briefly, are you? I mean, you're you're dealing with the members of of TMC. Are they waiting for? For lower rates, or are they just forging ahead with forging well, ahead it, with? You know, it depends on the company. I've said it before. I mean, everything is in who owns the company right now. If you're an IMB, and how much cash do they have? Um, that is huge right now, you know. But I can tell you, there's a lot of like, in my view, excellent companies that have been excellent for a long time that are, you know, really starting to feel the strain. I mean, this Feb has been really tough. I mean, it. it not that the last six months of last year wasn't, but you get a little dose of optimism in January. You know, if you're the owner of a company or an underwriter, and then you know, you kind of have the fall off in Feb. It was just, I felt it as it was. It was. I, I'm. It's unfortunate that the year started out this way. I would rather have had January not be kind of rosy. You know, but yeah, there's there's a lot of you know, yeah. I just because in the way that it it. it affects their outlook and decision-making and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I would say that the, you know, there's a lot of companies out there waiting for the purchase market to, you know, the, the spring buying, the proverbial spring buying season to pick up uh, or kick in. And, and uh, it's not, you know, it's certainly not happening here right now, but um, you know, hope springs eternal and it's important for lenders to have programs uh, and and uh, vendors who help those lenders to have programs to assist in the purchase market. So when things pick up, assuming they do, 
that, uh, you know, they've got, they can help borrowers that come through the door. This is the Rundown with Robin Rich. We've got a few minutes left uh, with Rob and I and this week's co-host, the Vice President of National Accounts for National MI, Jimmy McGurk. Uh, we talked about CoreLogic a little bit earlier. Uh, they also made some other news this week, acquiring Roostify, one of the bigger point-of-sale providers. It caused some into industry to speculate what could be next. There you know, is a large loan origination system that's kind of publicly out there. So, uh, Jimmy, so you should to, to interrupt briefly, not not to not to uh, well, just to my own horn here a little bit. You need to read tomorrow's commentary, Rich. I've got a, a great letter from a TMC member uh, about that uh, CoreLogic Roostify deal. Excellent. I'll look forward to, to reading it, Jimmy. Any any insight info on uh, on that noise? No, I just saw the announcement earlier today uh, on LinkedIn, but I haven't looked into it. It's, it is very interesting. It'd be interesting that if they take the angle of looking at an available LOS after that. So that'd be interesting to watch. Winds of change blowing for sure. Um, you know, and again, I think this little this little February kind of reversal maybe is is accelerating some of that. Hopefully, it reverses the other way, and we got mortgage lenders in forty days that are like, oh man, it's you know, it's it's starting to it's starting to pick up, it's starting to come around because uh, it would be great for for our industry and for housing and and our economy. So. <clears throat> Um, Jimmy, any uh, final thoughts uh, on NMI? Anything you guys have in the hopper for our audience before we uh, take this thing of the weekend? No, uh, like I said, uh, we'll be represented at your uh, conference coming up in San Diego in a couple of weeks. We we appreciate the partnership and uh, look forward to doing great things. And Rob, always appreciate your insight. Uh, I got to think almost everybody in our industry reads your newsletter, and it's uh, it's extremely valuable. <laughs> well, I find I find out when I make a grammatical mistake yeah. or have a misspelling. Then I, then I yeah, when somebody out. gets something wrong, that's when you find out who read it, <laughs> right? Or, yeah, pretty much. Rob, you're going to be test driving uh, fighter jets uh, this weekend, driving up and down the um, California coast with your sleeves rolled up and uh, uh, the, the am I uh, put on, putting on my Top Gun aviator sunglasses? Well, uh, along those lines, Rich, I got to say that Sunday I head down to Las Vegas, and I do get to, I guess, drive a fancy car on Monday ahead of the Ice uh, and Compass uh, event. You got to roll so. in there in that coat with the aviators on, whatever hotel that conference is at, just pull right up to the front door, just leave the car there and just walk right in. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> right. And to our attendees, cannot thank you enough for wrapping the week up with us. We're here every Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern with the rundown. The goal is to take you into the weekend with something informative yet light and hopefully somewhat amusing to help catch you up on what the hell has been going on in our industry outside your little silo during the week. So really appreciate your attendance. You can find this show on YouTube shortly after it concludes and where the majority of you consume it on podcasts, search TMC Connect, uh, wherever you get your podcast. So until next week, have a great weekend, everyone. Rob, Jimmy, good seeing you guys. Jimmy, appreciate the partnership uh, with National MI and appreciate having you on this week. Thanks, Rob. Thank very much. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Take care. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.